0: Hey guys, welcome to the Atlas Podcast, episode 15.
1: 1 5. I'm 1 5.
0: Yep. <laughs> uh, my name is Emma Loggins, editor at fanbolt.com.
1: Uh, my name is Jacob Mickelson, I'm the creative director of Atlanta Movie Tours.
0: And I'm back.
1: She <laughs> is back ladies and gentlemen welcome back miss Emma
0: thank you thank you I have to admit I've I have not yet listened to last week's podcast so I don't know if it was a total disaster without me or not
1: um I you know uh, I that's uh that's probably up for speculation <laughs> I, I don't know either I think it was uh, it was certainly different
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna listen to it today I have uh, some pool time planned and I'm gonna take my uh Take my phone out there and listen to it. I think it's a great plan.
1: Please take my soothing voice with you
0: to the pool.
1: It's perfect. Will do.
0: Um, well, we have a pretty cool show today. Um, we are going to talk about my trip to Scotland, which was uh, super, super fun and eventful and lots of cool filming locations and just kind of general nerdy locations were seen and explored. <laughs> and um, we're also going to, of course, go through the box office report because a lot of big movies came out in the last week and a lot of them didn't do well. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> so, yep. Yep. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so Scotland, I was there for a week and, um, got the chance to actually go to my first international film festival.
1: And how was that? How, how did it compare? Like just in terms of like culture, what, did it feel way different or did it feel like a film festival?
0: Um, it kind of felt like, I mean, it was, it was very spread out across the city, so it wasn't in one centralized location. So it kind of felt like other, other film festivals that I've been to. And I can totally hear my friend Mike listening to this right now and laughing and saying that I never go to films at film festivals because at <laughs> <of>, uh, <laughs> South by Southwest I did nothing but television and tech stuff and I didn't see a single film <laughs> while I was there. Um, but, uh, this festival was really cool. It's, um, I went to see a movie called My Name Is Emily because you know, my name is Emily. So. <laughs> <laughs> seemed seemed like a good pick. There you go. Um, but uh, it was you know we were only in Edinburgh for that that one night, and uh, I had to kind of look at what was playing, and this seemed like it would be a really good film, and I I was I, I made a really good choice uh, to kind of give you guys a little bit of a overview of it. Here is the the official description for the film. Uh, The smart, funny, and uplifting coming-of-age drama is driven by a lively and engaging dynamic between its two young leads, uh, character Emily and her sidekick Arden. The duo embark on a life-changing road trip to find the girl's father, Robert, another great performance from Michael Smiley, who is a uh, very beloved actor in Scotland. Um, But in the classic be-careful-what-you-wish-for fashion, they soon find that perhaps Robert was best left alone. Um, So it was a really cute, funny, uh, coming-of-age story, and the (laughs) the actors were were great, and it was a great kind of indie movie, and um, if you guys want to check out the trailer for it, you can go to edfilmfest.org.uk and um, look it up on there. Uh, Again, it's called My Name is Emily, and it's really, really good. Um, I'm not sure how you'll be able to see it here in the States, or maybe it'll make another kind of round of of film festivals um it's really good if you can find a way to see it i recommend nice it. i like it but yeah it was uh the film festival was really cool it was kind of spread out throughout the city um lasted an entire week wow and um seemed great i wish i could have seen more of it it was uh uh, they had actually had Michael Smiley uh, at the screening afterwards for a and A and a couple other people with the film, so that's always kind of cool when you get to see some of the the cast members or you know the director or writer afterwards and yeah. kind of be able to quiz them about you know what you th- what questions you had about the film or what you thought. It's
1: totally, I, I think that's like some of the funnest stuff to do is listen to filmmakers. Explain why they make certain decisions. I, that's just always an awesome look. I think.
0: I totally agree. It's it's funny because like as a as a fan of film and of cinema, you don't necessarily look at it the same way as someone who makes it. And kind of hearing some of the the things that they take into consideration that you didn't even notice when you were watching it, it kind of makes you look at it in a different way. Yeah. Um, I remember I was watching. Um, a movie with my neighbor we had a bunch of screeners uh for the oscars and um he was talking about how like he wondered why a certain scene was shot the way that it was and i was like i would never have even have thought about why this this scene why it was like a dialogue scene but they didn't show the two people talking they showed kind of this montage of like you know this this traveling to this place that they were going and he's like i wonder why they didn't show them talking and it's I just... It's stuff like that I never would have thought of and now I'm starting to become more conscious of, oh, that's an interesting angle or that's an interesting approach to, you know, how that scene was set up and filmed.
1: I always uh, drive Mandy crazy with that stuff but, like, sometimes I screw it up because I'll ask that question while she's watching the movie and I'll, like, take her out of the film because I'm, like, talking about angles or lighting or editorial choices or music choices, you know? So, sometimes it's... I love to talk about it but sometimes I mess things up for people, so... Sorry for everybody I've ever watched a movie with. (laughs)
0: I do think that there was something to be said for um, for watching films multiple times in a sense that, you know, the first time you kind of just watch it for the story. And the second time you kind of come through and look at some of the more technical aspects and choices that were made and kind of, you know, have the ability to pause and talk about it and discuss it as compared to, like, you know, trying to do that when you're first learning the stories. But sometimes it's hard to kind of separate.
1: Oh, I totally struggle with it it, because, you know, I. (laughs) And this, the world is changing. I actually just bought like the super edition of, uh, Star Wars Episode 7, you know, on the Blu ray. Um, mm-hmm. and I realized when I got, you know, it's got like the behind the scenes documentary and everything, which I eat up. But like, I realized, oh my gosh, there's no director's commentary, no cast commentary on this. So I think that era is officially coming to an end. And that used to be my favorite thing, you know, as an aspiring filmmaker is to actually listen. To these guys have conversations about the film they made or they'll point something Mm -hmm. out specifically. It was actually, I don't know if you're a big Goonies fan, but I've seen that movie, of course, a trillion times. But that movie, its commentary is like the best ever because the entire cast is there. And they all point out these ridiculous things that I never noticed. So it's always it's always really fun to get that insider thing from the cast that was actually there, especially retrospectively. They're all grown up now, you know? Um, right. But yeah, I, I realize I'm like, oh, wow, even with this like main event kind of DVD Blu-ray release of Star Wars, no commentary. So that's got to mean, that's a pretty sure sign that that's just not going to be happening much anymore, which is very sad.
0: It is, it is. And I think that's kind of the shift with, you know, uh, people not really buying DVDs as much yeah. and, and getting things on Amazon Prime or Netflix. And you kind of lose all of those special features that made the DVD have, like, worth having yep. and making it so cool to have as a part of your collection. Yep. Um, I don't know. I'm still hopeful that maybe somehow they'll bring that back as some sort of add-on that you can still, Get from. Um,
1: the first, uh, season of, um, or first few episodes, I think, of, uh, House of Cards actually on Netflix, I think there's, you can actually find commentary for the first few episodes depending on the device. So, okay. I think they actually played with it a little bit to see if that would help viewership, but because Netflix is on so many different devices, like that is not available. We have, like, a Sony Blu-ray player that we stream that stuff through, and that's not available on that platform. But right. anyways, I'm with you. I hope it comes back. That was seriously, once I finished my documentary, I, of like Omar and I were really excited to record our commentary track, which is so nerdy. But I was all excited to do it, and nobody's ever going to hear it. Oh.
0: Aw. <laughs> that is something that's cool, though. Um, uh, when i was at the captain america premiere and you know you just you're surrounded by the the cast and the crew and they're just laughing at these random moments that don't seem funny yeah. to someone that wasn't there during filming you know that there's a story to that scene yeah. something that happened on set and and those are just uh I don't know hopefully they'll have a feature where you can turn it on and off I didn't realize they did that on House of Cards I'm gonna have to go back and
1: yeah it was somebody else somebody else told me about that and I I think it I think it worked on my Apple TV but I and I always intended to go back around and watch it because that's like when Dave Fincher and stuff was at the helm right Yeah, anyway, sorry. I, wow, we we're way off track, and we were talking about <laughs> you being in Scotland. Just this little trip we're taking, but instead, I'm talking about Goonies DVD commentary. What the hell is happening, Emma? This is why we it's need you to keep us on track.
0: <laughs> it's cool. We'll, we'll veer back on track. <laughs> um, uh, so, yeah, some of the other things that I got the chance to see while in Scotland. Um, of course, went to the Edinburgh Castle, which was really cool. And one of the, the coolest things, uh, the Roslyn Chapel... Uh, most people know it from The Da Vinci Code, of course, in the, the 2006 film filmed there. And, of course, it was a big part of the movie uh, since the late 1980s. It has been uh, you know sp- featured in speculative theories concerning a connection between uh, the the Freemasonry and the Knights Templar. And, of course, a lot of people, they, they believe that the Holy Grail is there. And, of course, that was... Part of the Da Vinci Code and all that fun stuff. Um, yeah. So that was really cool to see that it was built in the 15th century and never actually finished. Um, but the, the carvings and everything on the outside of the church is so elaborate. And then you go inside and it's even more elaborate. And, of course, we weren't allowed to take photos or videos in there. And I, like, I was seriously considering just, like, doing it anyway. I was like, what? was the worst that can happen? Right. Um, But then I was like, well, I'm in, like, a religious place. I don't want to, (laughs) like... Right, right. (laughs) Upset, upset, uh, upset anyone. So, uh, um, but it was really cool. There was a a little um, area downstairs um, in the front that you could walk up to, kind of behind the altar and then walk down. And it was... You know, a lot of people talk about feeling when you're in kind of a, a place that has a lot of history of, of being haunted or, you know, something, something horrific happening there. You can kind of feel like a heaviness sometimes to the environment. Mm. And um, I've always felt like I could feel that in places that were haunted. And I have to say that that lower room in the chapel was the creepiest place I've ever been. Oh, in. wow. It felt so heavy. And it was just... It, i don't know it's like you changed and it wasn't like far down it was like maybe 10 stairs i walked down yeah. but it, you just felt like you were in a completely di- different atmosphere in a different environment it was super creepy
1: now were you there alone or were you like there with a the big old tour group
0: um so i was just there with uh the girl krista thompson that i traveled with and we uh there was other people that were there um just you know not not with us just kind of exploring there. also. Right, just tourists that were kind of exploring. So we weren't in a tour group or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but when we got there, the, uh, the PR guy for the chapel kind of walked us around and kind of gave us a little bit of history on some of the, the carvings and gargles that were you know, on the uh, the outside of the building and then some of the history on the inside of the building, um, which was, it was really, really cool. I, I came back and I'm like, I want to find like a book on some of these kind of like crazy theories because I totally get into all of that conspiracy theory stuff. Yeah. Because um, I'm not actually familiar beyond, you know, I, I of course saw the Da Vinci Code, but um, <laughs> I'm not sure how much of that is actually um, theories that, you know, the Knights Templar and all of that actually... Uh, if they're actual theories that people believe so i want to kind of do a little bit more investigating in it
1: so uh it's all very it's all uh, to just to feel the weight of that history and to be in the room and to breathe the air that's that's real you can't, yeah. can't emulate that
0: you really can it's uh you know and it's something that we don't really get here in the states just because nothing is really that old over here you know being able to to really experience something with that much history and that has been through that much, uh, that many huge events that happened in our history, it's it's such a different kind of experience than anything that we could have over here stateside. We just don't have anything that's that
1: old. That's true. So yeah, I've uh, I've been to London before. I think that's the oldest building I've ever seen. They have that like it's kind of a touristy thing. It's like the oldest pub in the world. I think that was built in like that's I want to say 1600s or something. Oh, cool. But uh, but yeah, I've never seen a real castle, so that's <laughs> pretty freaking cool. And you saw like nine of them. It seemed like every photo you took was like, well, that's an epic green landscape, and there's an epic building. Every every single one of them.
0: It's weird. You're, you're just like driving down the road and it's like, bam, there's a castle. (laughs) It's like the weirdest thing. It's just not something you're used to. And we were pulling off like every so many miles just to take photos of the just majestic landscape. It's parts of the country just look like it's pulled out of middle earth and you feel like you're in New Zealand or something and you're waiting for little hobbits to come around the corner. It's (laughs) nice. Nice. (laughs) It was just, everything was, uh, was so beautiful. Um, we did get to go to a distillery while we were there, Deanston Distillery, and we went to Dune Castle, which was used in the pilot episode of Game of Thrones for the Winterfell set. Wow! And they also filmed uh, Mighty Python and the Holy Grail, as well as Outlander there.
1: That's a it's an odd trifecta of films for that location. Yep. That's kind of fun. <laughs>
0: It's really cool, and they actually have a little room um, that's uh, set up in in the castle where it kind of goes through um, the history of filming there and kind of shows you a little bit more information about some of some of the things that shot there, especially outlander. They had a, a big thing for outlander there. Um, and then we did Dumont Castle and gardens, um, which is really hard to get to. If anyone's going there, don't put, uh, Dumont Castle into your GPS. Put, put the gardens in and then you'll get there. <laughs> um, we have a hilarious video. I'm, I'm trying to edit all of this together to be able to put up online. It's kind of like a movie of our trip. Um, but I have this shot of like the GPS and we're literally off the road and we're like just going further into the grade. There's like no road in a, any distance from us. Um, but the, the signs and directions in the country as a whole is just, it's really confusing and difficult to navigate.
1: Plus you're driving on the wrong side of the car.
0: Wrong side of the car, wrong side of the road, all of the roads are super <laughs> right. narrow, there's no shoulders, there's just like bushes that you're immediately going to hit if you veer over like one inch. Um, like, it's challenging. Yeah, no, that's a lot. It's a lot. That's a lot. <laughs> um, but from there, we went on, uh, we went to Creef and then from there to Inverness, and Inverness we caught a bus to Loch Ness. And we got to do a, a little bit of a—we we got on a boat, which took us out to a castle where we could kind of look around and explore a little bit. And uh, some fun facts for you guys for Loch Ness. It's uh, 23 miles long, one mile across, and 755 feet deep, which is totally big enough for there to be a monster in.
1: I think—I uh, agree. I agree.
0: But you know what was—it uh, was, was kind of sad, so— uh, the gift store right there when we got to the castle on the edge of Loch Ness, we went in there and I was, like, so excited. I was like, I'm going to get novelty socks. I'm going to get, like, every single, like, nerdy tourist thing I can get. And they didn't have a single Nessie thing in the entire gift store. And I'm just like, how is this even possible? That
1: just does not make sense.
0: I was like, this is just poor business. Like, this this is just not good. Um, but luckily, after that, we went to a place that was called Nessie Land. Okay. And it had everything. And it had a, a whole um, kind of exhibit on the history of the monster and all of the things that they've done since, you know, the, the first initial sightings. And it's basically the the radar projects that they've done and the dives and all of the analysis of the water and, and the environment and all of that kind of stuff, um, which was cool to start with. And then they just start, like, killing every dream that you've ever oh, yeah, had that yeah. Nessie could be a real yeah. thing. And it's like, you know what? So maybe dinosaurs aren't still alive, but like (laughs) if you're there at Loch Ness, you're there because you want to believe. The wonder, yeah. The wonder, like, you know, who knows what's at the bottom of that lake? Like there's creatures that, whether it's just little bitty fish or um, whatever it may be that we've never seen before. And it lives at a a deeper water pressure. Like we don't know for sure what's down there. (laughs) And I'm just saying they could have left us with a little bit of hope instead of there's absolutely no creature right. that could possibly be Nessie in this water, the, which is what they left. <laughs> <us>. <laughs> right. Well,
1: it's like it's like it's like how the Internet and technology is both awesome and both ruins everything because it takes that fun away because everything can be factually disproven. You know, exactly. So I, I would still go there and I would still like to look and feel uh, feel the wonder. Now, I'm about to ask a really stupid question. Is that fresh water? Is that salt water?
0: It is fresh water. Ah,
1: okay. That's kind of what I thought, yep. but uh, that's, yeah, I see dumb question, but that's interesting.
0: <laughs> Not a dumb question at all. <laughs> um, but, uh, but, yeah, it was another kind of interesting thing, the... X, the um, the whole center where they kind of walk you through The exhibit on the monster and all of that It's actually ran by a guy that devoted His entire life to finding out if Nessie Was real or not And we saw him while he was there He, he looks pretty old I'm going to guess like 70s or 80s okay. I'm not sure if that's accurate But then I was kind of thinking well maybe that's why there's just like no hope to this like museum is the fact that like he spent his whole life on it and now he's like bitter bitter and (laughs) angry come to my stupid
1: museum when i'm supposed to be the guy that found this awesome creature yeah
0: (laughs) i mean i guess i can kind of understand that yeah but uh but still i don't know i just wish in the last room they'd been like but it's a really big lake and who knows what's out there (laughs) right just one last
1: question mark yeah just to give you a little optimism that's true
0: I think if they did that, they would have a lot more sales in their gift shop. I'm just saying.
1: Nice. That is true. (laughs) Hey, come buy all this crap about a thing that absolutely doesn't exist, you idiots. That's basically what they're saying.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, But from there, uh, we drove back to inverness and then got in our rental car and drove out to the isle of Skye. and um we passed the elian donan castle on the way which was used in um, james bond the world is not enough as well as um elizabeth ann highlander and that's a really really beautiful castle um it's it's just it that's probably the most stunning one that i saw just from the environment around it right um, definitely recommend checking that one out. We didn't get to go in it because by the time we got there, it was already closed. But I've heard that it's pretty amazing in there. And what's really cool is they've actually filmed uh, movies there since the 1940s. Uh, Bonnie Prince Charlie was filmed there in 1948. And The Master of the Landtree, uh, with Errol Finn was filmed there in 1953. Wow. Um but from there we went on to Isle of Sky and um the the film sets that we kind of looked and explored around there, uh Macbeth, Stardust, which if you've not seen Stardust, it's one of my favorite movies. It's I don't feel like it got a lot of attention, uh, but it's really good.
1: Is a young James you Vanderbeek that? in that film by any chance? No. no. Sorry,
0: <laughs> I know where you're going. Okay, about. I'll leave. Yeah, like it. just, just a little <laughs> movie
1: called Angus that maybe you should see also at some point.
0: Yeah, I should. I should. This is true. <laughs> um, uh, but Clara Danes is in it, and um, a ton of people are actually in it. Uh, it's really, really good film. Um, of course, Highlander shot there. Uh, the Wicker Man, um, Bonnie Prince Charlie did as well, and the recently released BFG, um, Big Friendly Giant. Was filmed there. Uh, I think they filmed for two weeks there. Is what I was told. Wow. Um, so that was pretty cool. It's such a beautiful place. There's so many amazing hiking opportunities and um, just places to explore. And there's a lot of if you get into like fairy history, um, which I hadn't, I didn't really know anything about. But the girl that I was with, uh, she actually runs a site called the dot So she's pretty into fairies. <laughs> um, she was giving me kind of a little bit of a background everywhere we went. And uh, the first place, fairy pools, which is kind of these uh, waterfalls that c- kind of flow into these pools and then flow into more waterfalls. And what's kind of interesting about them is they're super, super clear and have a color to them that that's almost otherworldly. And the rock formations around them is just so smooth. And there, there's parts that looks like actually looks like there's are steps that were made to go down into it. But no one knows how they got there or what happened with that or or why they're there. Um, so it kind of adds to the, to the mystery around it. And then from there we ended up at the fairy Glen and that has a series of these kind of pointed Hills that are there. They have 365 of them, supposedly one for every day of the year. And, uh, The story, according to Krista, I haven't actually researched this at all. I'm assuming it's correct. (laughs) Um, She said that uh, when the Christians overthrew the original Celtic people, that they actually banished all of the fairies to the underworld. And these different um, kind of pointed hills were their underworld. And that's, again, it's another situation where they're like... You know, these weren't man made, but they look different than everything else around it. So it's just kind of an interesting yeah. uh, uh, place to see. Yeah.
1: Well, I mean, if you could maybe, you could devote your entire life of doing research about that, and then maybe you could open a, up a gift shop and just make disprove all of it if you wanted to. <laughs> I can be the fairies aren't real. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Enjoy the gift <laughs> shop, guys. <laughs> exactly.
0: <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I, it was actually surprising. I mean, um, both of those locations didn't have any sort of gift shop, they were more kind of. Um, Hiking adventure places that you could explore, right? Um, yeah, there really wasn't that many uh, stores in general that I saw that sold anything that was fairy related, which was kind of surprising. There's a lot of uh, missed marketing opportunities. Well, I, in, <laughs> for, in a weird way, that that like
1: makes me want to go there even more, um, right? because you know, I, I don't like sometimes being a tourist is kind of tough because you realize. Oh man, I'm just here with a bunch of other yahoos and I'm not I'm not experiencing any of the local culture. So right. I actually like the fact that it's not like Disneyland everywhere out there.
0: Yeah, it's not. It's um, it's still very untouched, and the the biggest town that they have, uh, Portree, is, or at least that's the biggest town near where we were, um, is still pretty small, and uh, doesn't feel commercialized, or um, it it still feels pretty untouched uh, from from the world, which is kind of cool, but uh.
1: Well, now it's going to change. Now that the word is out on the atlas, that is going to change. Yes. So, good luck economy of that local area. You're welcome.
0: <laughs> well, you know, it's actually still really difficult to find a place to stay there. Like, it's it's mostly bed and breakfasts yeah. that are on the on the island. So there's not a lot of there. There are no big hotel hotels or big places to stay. So they're booked up really far in advance. That's so If it is something you're thinking about doing. Um apparently they have no trespassing laws. So if you want to just set up your your tent on the side of the road then you don't have to worry about reservations. Oh, but um that's awesome. if you if you want to shower in an actual building or something like that uh you need to book pretty far out in advance.
1: <laughs> Good to know. Good to know. Uh,
0: but they they don't have any natural predators there, so if you're interesting interested in camping, it's not something where you have to really worry about anything attacking you. You know they have um they have coos, which are kind of cow like hairy cow like creatures. Yes, I saw photos, yes, yes, yep. Um, they're very docile creatures, and of course there's goats and and lambs and um, rams everywhere, and they're very adventurous, but uh, they don't really get in your way. And then aside from that, th- there's really not uh, anything
1: not not a thing, especially now that we know that the Loch Ness monster is uh, scientifically disproven. So yeah. completely safe there, even on completely even on the safe. shores of the water. <laughs>
0: Sadly, yes. <laughs> <Sorry>. Sadly, yes.
1: <laughs> but maybe not. Yeah.
0: I'm still, I still want to believe. Yeah. So. <laughs> um, but from there, we went to Glynefinan. Glin, um I was butchering that name the entire time we were there. I think that's um, a fair the, one to
1: butcher. That's that's difficult. Yes.
0: It has a lot of N's in it. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> But uh, we saw the viaduct there, which is, uh, of course, a very famous scene from Harry Potter. And that's actually um, that that viaduct has actually been used in a number of, of different films and trailers and and everything. And it's a really beautiful location to hike around and photograph. So if you're you're looking to get some really good photographs, that's a really great place to go. Cool. Um, and from there, we went to Glencoe, where a lot of Skyfall was uh, filmed and from there back to Edinburgh for our last meal and then we headed out oh, the next man. morning. Were you
1: uh when you were done with your trip, were you like, I am ready to be home, or were you not ready to be home?
0: You know, I I really needed sleep because I averaged um I averaged about two hours of sleep a night. Oh for, for a number of reasons we won't go into. <laughs> but um <laughs> it was but somehow I think my body had adjusted to it. Um it was I didn't want to leave. I mean, it's hard to go from you know driving down the road and seeing castles everywhere yeah. to coming coming back to you know Atlanta and and <laughs> it just being normal life yeah. again. It's hard to kind of adjust back in after being surrounded by so much natural beauty.
1: Yeah, no, that's uh, that's true. Yeah, that's intense. Well, welcome home. We've Thank uh, you. we've still got some boarded up buildings for your uh, for your viewing pleasure in certain areas.
0: So. <laughs> Well, I think it's very
1: castle-like. Very castle-like.
0: Yeah. Yeah, we we've, we've got built more, but aside from that, not really. There's probably castles around. I should probably look into that. I bet there's castles around. Probably up in the north. Yeah,
1: I think I think there's a couple, but they're you know they're they're kind of like homage to castles. They're not actual. Yeah, this castle was built castles. to defend a kingdom castle. It's very it's very exactly. different. Yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> yeah. That's cool when you're like looking out of windows or over certain ledges on castles, and you're like, oh, this was totally something that like you know there was a guy up here during battle, like defending this place, right? And now you're, like, standing in his footsteps. I know, it's
1: weird, like, taking pictures of it. Like, oh, this is nice. And some guy, like, died there defending exactly. defending his honor valiantly. And you're just like, oh, what a what a lovely place. Yeah, it is weird. <laughs> it's weird what, like, time does to locations, you know.
0: It is. Yeah. It really is. Like
1: the beach at Normandy. I want to go there. Dude, that's a horrible thing that happened. You know, it's weird. Yeah. yeah it's weird.
0: It really is. Um but if, if you're interested in taking a trip to Scotland and kind of exploring their, their film locations, which it's a kind of a, a, just a great way to see the country, and especially if you love photography, it's, I mean, it's just so many beautiful, picturesque locations. Um, VisitScotland.com actually has an amazing itinerary up, some of which we followed. We kind of deviated a little bit because of how much time we were spending and what all we wanted to see. Uh, but they have an amazing itinerary up, that you can follow, and it kind of details out, you know, what was filmed where, and uh, you can kind of pick and choose what you want to see. It's really, really cool. Uh,
1: yeah, you know what? It's like weird. I like I will actually give that a look because I would, I'd like to see Scotland. It sounds like based on your trip, it sounds like a kind of place it would be in my bag or whatever.
0: Yeah, no, it's uh, my only word of advice to people going there is make sure you bring an umbrella that if the wind gets a hold of it, it won't completely destroy it. Okay because I went through a few umbrellas.
1: <laughs> Some more sage and- advice, yes.
0: Exactly, exactly. And then for Isle of Sky, um, bring like a waterproof jacket and waterproof pants. That way you can hike a little bit further up because what happens is when you start getting into the higher elevations and you're next to the, the ferry pool areas, the wind is so strong and it's just blowing the water right at you. Right. Like we had to go back and change clothes after that part of the tour because we were completely drenched. <laughs>
1: That's awesome. It's like
0: we had just stepped out of a shower. Like it was just, I, and I, we both wanted to go up further, but like uh, our camera. Cameras were obviously not waterproof, right. and and we were completely soaked, and it was freezing too. It was so cold in the wind. Um, so I want to go back with with uh, more <sighs> just, preparation. Just wrapped in
1: cellophane. I got you. <laughs> we're gonna be dry. I don't care. That's awesome, though. I, yeah, exactly. But it sounds like yeah, if you're prepared. So I, ser- I I seriously feel like you've offered really good advice to anybody going to visit there. Like those, I think those are all great things to know.
0: Definitely, definitely, They're things that I wish I had known before. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that, that wraps up the uh, Scotland portion of of the podcast.
1: <laughs> That's well, it sounds like an epic trip, and uh, welcome back. But I'm also glad you had such uh, fantastic visual adventures and yeah, saw so sorry, much things. Was... And I'm sorry about the Loch Ness monster really sorry about that yeah
0: you know it's okay i took a lot of pictures of the lake and you know i'm pretty good with photoshop so you got some ideas maybe, yeah maybe maybe i can start a new rumor yeah
1: <laughs> a new rumor
0: <laughs> a new rumor. <laughs> proven
1: with this 100 percent authentic photograph i love it
0: <laughs> exactly exactly i might actually play around with that i think that would be a fun project
1: yeah i was actually uh when you were gone and i was making last week's uh uh show label, um, I was actually looking for pictures of the Loch Ness Monster, because I never really knew what it looked like. And it was, Basically, it's like a brontosaurus kind of, is, is what people think it looks like in the face. But there's weirdly not a lot of photos of him on the internet, which I was surprised right.
0: by. Yeah, you know, that's, it's funny that you mentioned that, because all of the Nessie stuffed animals in the gift store, was all, they were all brontosauruses. Yeah. And I was like, dude, it's not a brontosaurus. Like, yeah, it looks like it on the upper part, but he's got he's got the fins on yeah. the lower part. And I'm yeah. like, it's just like the gift shop dropped the ball, man. Yeah, you I, don't even have the right dinosaur. <laughs> the merchandise. Like,
1: That's a triceratops. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a new version.
0: Yeah. <laughs> exactly. That's funny. <laughs> um, but yeah. So back stateside um, for the holiday weekend, we had a lot of movies that came out and did you see any of them by y- You know
1: what's sad? I was just looking at the list. I've seen none of them.
0: Yeah, I haven't seen any of them either, so we're on the same page. Yeah, I, you know,
1: I, I'm curious about Finding Dory.
0: I heard that was amazing. Yeah, so I've heard good things um, about it, but yeah that 's still in first um, it, it brought in an extra forty two million over the holiday weekend and beat out the new release of um, both BfG and Legend of Tarzan um, so the film as of as of Sunday had made two hundred and seventy uh, two two hundred and seventy two point two million in America, and that 's not including anything from from right. actual July fourth so this is just from the weekend. Yeah, and, and same same deal with um, overseas up until Sunday had made five hundred thirty eight point two million. Finding um, Dory is so uh,
1: it's doing okay. Pretty impressive. It, uh, Pixar brilliantly revisits their glory days and and usually makes good sequels. Although Monster University was oh so bad, it was so bad. And Monsters Inc was that. one of my favorites, you know, back in the day. But yeah, <laughs> the, the prequel so bad. <laughs>
0: Well, um, coming in next was uh, Legend of Tarzan, which came in second, and it brought in 38.1 million, again, up until Sunday. We don't have any of the numbers from from Monday. But um, The Purge election year came in third with 30.9 million, and BFG uh, didn't do so great. No. Uh, Looked like a beautiful film. I mean, I was in. I was in the place where they shot it, so I'm assuming it it was it was beautiful. <laughs> but um, it only brought in uh, 19.6 million, so it was a kind of a big a big bomb for them. And that's not even talking about um, Independence Day. Independence yeah. Day came in at fifth. Um, I heard it. I heard it wasn't good. And the fact that they didn't do any screenings of it for press here in Atlanta didn't really give me much confidence that I was yeah. wrong. Um, I still want to see it, but I don't know. That's yeah, it's uh, we,
1: we, we actually talked about that a little bit last week, and and uh, Omar's point was that, uh, you know, you, you just going up to bat without Will Smith in it. I don't know if you can do that, especially 20 years later. Apparently, yeah. I mean, you know, I guess it's not a complete disaster because it's making some money, but uh, yeah, it's certainly not doing what the first one did.
0: Yeah, it's, uh, I don't know, I felt like that was kind of one of the the biggest hyped movies for the summer, too. But then when it actually rolled around, like, no one really cared. So it's kind of interesting, like, the decline in interest the closer the release date got. Um, yeah, I don't know, I still want to see it, though. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's, it's, only, it's getting a 5.6 out of 10 rating on IMDb Gross. from users, and that's usually a pretty brutal sign. And Metascore is 32 out of 100. Wow. So. Oh,
0: that's yeah. not promising. No,
1: not particularly. <laughs>
0: I also want to see and I'm I'm sure I can look at the trailer and, and tell that like lively shark survivor thriller, uh The Shallows is also not a good movie. It came in at seven. Um but I kinda of still want to see that too. I was
1: actually curious about that film. It, like it's a small movie, but I was curious about it. I thought the premise yeah. was fun. Yeah.
0: I think it was kind of interesting timing too, because it coincided with a uh, Shark Week, which I apparently completely missed while I was in Scotland. So, <laughs> well, if
1: you're going to miss week <laughs> Shark Week, you may as well miss it in Scotland. That's this is true. that's the word on the street, at least.
0: Exactly. That, that I'm, I'm going to do it. That's how I'm going to do it.
1: That's right. That's right.
0: But um, yep. Yeah, so that's all of the numbers um up until Sunday, and we'll see if that changes. But the positioning of the top five isn't expected to change. Yeah. I think Finding Dory's got a hold of that number one spot for a little while.
1: Whew, and the budget, uh, again, this is according to imdb.com, the budget of BFG was $140 million. Ouch. And it's made $19, 19. Million so far.
0: I don't know if it's doing better overseas, maybe? I, I don't have the overseas numbers, but uh, that's pretty brutal.
1: Well, users give it a 7.2 out of 10, But uh, so it, apparently it's not a bad film.
0: Yeah just didn't have didn't have enough hype around it Gosh, and it's
1: directed like by Steven Spielberg it's, it's pretty crazy pretty crazy it's,
0: it seems like a solid movie yeah
1: seems like uh, I don't know man it's just it's just so hard to predict
0: it is it is but um, for next week we will actually have another film review so I'm pretty excited about seeing Secret Life of Pets I
1: also am very excited about that film mainly because all of my favorite comedians are in it
0: yeah i i remember when they first came out with the the trailer i don't want to say it was like december of last year or something and i thought it was like the cutest trailer ever yeah um so i'm really excited about checking that one out i think that's going to be i don't know that may be one of my favorite movies of the summer i shouldn't say that i need to keep my expectations low yeah, good and lord be like...
1: you're like i think this movie i don't want to put any pressure on it but it's going to change my life this movie is going <laughs> to change my life for the better this film
0: yeah i need to lower my expectations about it <laughs> <laughs> Um and then we'll also have of course you know we've talked about stranger things before and um I'm still just as in love with it. Apparently I have I have like way more episodes now so I'm going to like binge watch it nice um, after we finish recording this. Right. Perfect. <laughs> Cuz you know July 4th I'm going to stay inside and and watch screeners instead of go to the pool. I think that makes um, I
1: think that makes sense. I think whatever feels <laughs> right for you on this this Independence Day. <laughs>
0: I'll definitely get some full time, <laughs> <laughs> nice. but um, but yeah. So we'll have we'll have some interviews from there that I did on a set visit in February, and then I have something big coming up.
1: Ooh, that's I'm a, I'm moving. That's right. It's happening. It's coming it's up, happening. isn't it?
0: Yep, July thirteenth. It is happening. Oh so, wow! Um, I'm looking around my place now at a bunch of boxes, and nothing is packed. So. Oh. Hopefully I'll, uh, I'll I'm either going to be like really impressed with what I've done on our next podcast or I'm going to be like massively stressing out. <laughs> I'm going to be like I have three boxes packed yeah. and I move in 2 days. Yeah.
1: Well, uh jeez. <laughs> well, we're we're also on the cusp of moving because our house the, the drywall is up in our house so we're thinking we're going to be in the house probably Augusted. is what we're hoping for. But in the meanwhile, okay uh mandy's technically due on the seventeenth, so this kid could be coming any day now so it 's a pretty crazy time over here too a lot of oh. lot of transition happening
0: it is it's like it's a new era
1: yes, and so far i 'm still in the closet so it's it's going great
0: <laughs> gotta it. it's baby steps baby steps
1: so are you excited about about the new place
0: i am you know i I feel like so much has happened um just in the last few months that I, I really do feel like it's almost, uh, like, I, I – this sounds corny, but I feel like a new person. So, I feel like this move and, you know, I've been where I have I've, I am now for eight years and I feel like it's, you know, it's time. Sometimes, time
1: yeah, sometimes to time put on to a new sweater. Totally. Yeah, yeah.
0: exactly. So, um, I'm really excited about it because it feels like the beginning of, like, the next phase of life. And yeah. I'm really excited about it.
1: No, that's good. Cool. It's funny. I feel the same exact way because I've been – Mandy and I, we've jumped all over the place. We lived in San Diego, then we lived in Los Angeles, then then had this crazy idea to do the film, and then suddenly we're out here in Atlanta, and finally we're like, for the first time, we're just buying a house, we're going to settle in and kind of grow some roots, and it's weird to be like have anticipation for that i like can't wait to just get there and sit still you know it's but but that's yeah. that's what we're we're both kind of really excited about that and like you know have a family like a normal person does so <laughs> it's uh it's a, it is a crazy time well i'm super excited for you especially given how you're approaching it I i think that's uh <laughs> that's super great
0: Yeah, yeah, I'm, everything is super positive about it, and I'm, I just, I'm, I'm probably going to be stressed out at some point about the packing, but right now I still just feel like, I'm just going to wrap stuff in bubble wrap and throw it in boxes, and I'll deal with it when I get there that's my mentality i don't know if that's it's been so long since i've moved yeah um that i don't really remember like how insane it was (laughs) so i may be like everything i'm saying may sound really stupid and there's probably people that are like oh that poor girl no (laughs)
1: well it's 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 transition is always tough It, it comes with and you can't you can't really underestimate the power of transition, really. But, but, right. but again, if, if you're looking through it optimistically, also, I love moving just from the perspective of purging, especially yes. because I like love to get rid of stuff. It's like my favorite thing. Um, so it, it's a, just to your point, it's a great opportunity to restart, but that doesn't make it easy. But exactly. still, ultimately, you know, after three months later, you'll for, have forgotten it happened.
0: Exactly. Well, I may have I may have a bit of a reputation at the new place because I I just found this out yesterday. Uh, The moving company that I'm using is actually a client of my dad's and um, or my dad knows them. I'm not there. There's some sort of connection there. And um, so they're. They're moving me, and I didn't know the name of the company or who it was until yesterday. And my dad's giving me all the information on them. And so they're called Smooth Movers, movers with like four, three or four O's in it. Mm. And the logo is a cow pushing a wheelbarrow with a granny in it because it's a senior relocating service.
1: Oh, well, that's good.
0: I'm like, please, dear God, do not let this logo be on the side of the truck when it pulls up to my new place.
1: I think that's awesome. I think, I think, (laughs) do you know anybody in makeup? Because you should just get all made up and be super old and get out of the (laughs) truck and lead them to where they're going. And then your neighbors won't mess with you. And then this they'll think, true. and then they'll be like, what what kind of ointment does that woman use? She's looking fantastic.
0: <laughs> I look really good for my age. That's, I don't know. I don't know. That's right. Some supernatural powers in my, my corner that I'm using. Yeah, it's perfect. Um, yeah, so that's going to be fun. Hopefully, uh, fingers crossed that logo is not on the side of that car, but if it is, well.
1: I'm actually rooting for it to be on the side of the car. I apologize, because <laughs> I love anything that has a logo for smooth movers. That's yeah. Yeah, Super fun times
0: <laughs> It will be an interesting story That is for sure
1: So sweet, next week, uh, actually this week We're doing, uh, I don't know if you're going to this But there's a Lights Out Happy Hour screening For uh, the, a new horror film from Warner Brothers Called Lights Out That's going to be on Thursday, July 7th That uh, the Atlanta Movie Tours team is going to so Oh, awesome perhaps we perhaps we can also talk about the new film Lights Out Next week
0: I will be in New York from—I'll uh, be in New York on Thursday for work, but um, I look forward to hearing if you liked it. Sweet.
1: I, it's weird. I didn't even know you traveled much. I didn't even no. know that. Yeah.
0: You know, I've been home for like three days, so let's let's get back to the airport. <laughs> You're, right. You're like,
1: oh, that's why moving is going to be easy. I'm never here. Yeah, yeah
0: exactly. <laughs> I'm just leaving all my stuff packed. Like, I've I've got my, my bag from when I went to Austin, and then, like, you know, then I was in Scotland, and now I'm just like, well, you know, I'm going to Comic-Con right after I move, so I'm just leaving all the shit packed. Yeah, like, I think that's a good plan. Just...
1: Good plan. <laughs> yep.
0: Um, well, yeah, that's that's all I have for this week. Is that all you have?
1: Uh, that's uh, yeah. I think that might be our program.
0: Solid. That's a solid, solid, solid program. Yeah. I'm gonna pat myself on the back. You should do the same. I, I
1: would if there was room. It's just that I'm Aww. in this tiny closet. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Ah, Well, thank you guys for listening. Again, this is the Atlas Podcast, and my name is Emma Loggins, Editor-in-Chief with BAMBLE.
1: And I am Ja'Kai Mickelson, Creative Director of Atlanta Movies Yours.
0: And we'll see you guys next week.